Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have to say that once a Sunday. All right. Well, again, DNAT has been exhausting, but it's been amazing. Uh, yeah, I know the kids don't want to come up. They're kind of shy, but and tired. I'm tired too. Um, but you know, if you ask any one of these kids if DNAT was good, I think they would agree that it was a good day. It was a good weekend. It was, it was awesome. It, I mean, we had such an amazing worship leader come and lead us in worship. Not way better than me. Uh, amazing speaker come and lead our lessons. Both way better than me. Like, I, I am truly grateful to those guys who came and, and helped make our day now so good. Tonight, or tonight, it's not tonight. I wish it was tonight. I'm tired. Um, today we are finishing our final uh, lesson, our sermon on, on, on making it matter for our lives. Uh, just question, has anyone, I mean, I think, I think we can all agree that we have, but has anyone ever wanted to make an impact in their life before? Yeah, we all have. Uh, I, I, when I was younger, it's probably about 10, 11, 12 years, I don't know, so a long time ago, um, I, I wanted to be in the, I was in a band, I wanted to be this famous musician, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to leave my mark in life, and then God was like, no, and it was good that he said no, because you don't want to hear a band, but it was amazing, like, it was amazing how God took me from, from wanting to make a, a earthly impact to, to, bringing me to where I can make a spiritual impact, to make an impact for God's kingdom. And that, that's what we are talking about. God wants us to know that, first of all, life isn't about us. That life is about God. And, and we should want to make an impact on earth for God. With, with the one life that we've been given here on earth, He wants us to make an impact for him. It's kind of ironic that right before we did this scene out, we voted on a name for the youth ministry, and that name is Impact. And I think that's so cool. And I think it's so cool how it ties into D now. Like, like, what does it really mean to make an impact for God? And I mean that's what this whole weekend's been about. I don't know if y'all realize that or not, but it, it's it's so crazy how it connects. He wants us to actively be following him, to be sharing his gospel, to share his love with others. And so the question is, how do we make our lives matter for God? We've been talking about this this whole weekend. How do we do it, though? How do we go from here and go outside the church and say, this is how we're doing this? How do we do this? I thought someone raised their hand. I was like, okay, yeah. Um, how do we do this? There, there's three points I want to look at tonight. It's not tonight. I'm so tired. <laughs> there's three points I want to look at today, this morning, and, and, and these are the three points that are going to help us make an impact, to, to make our lives matter for God. And, and the first one is to stand for truth. The second one is to find peace in God. And the third one is to love others. Our passage today is going to be in Acts chapter 7. So if you have your Bible, we are going to be there. Acts chapter 7. We're going to be starting in verse 51. 
We're talking about a guy named Stephen. Ever heard of him? Stephen. I don't know. Sorry. Um, this guy named Stephen. He was the he was the first uh, Christian martyr. And what that means, if you don't know what martyr means, it means he's the first person that, that I know of that that died for his faith after Jesus had died and ascended into heaven. Everyone there? Acts chapter 7, verse 51. We're going to go all the way through 60. It's the end of the chapter. It says this. And, and, and I'm sorry. Let me back up some. Uh, Stephen, he's been preaching about Jesus, right? He's been preaching about Jesus to, to the Jews. Who The Jews, by the way, don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They are still waiting for the Messiah to come. They, they, don't, they, they don't believe it's Jesus. And here's Stephen saying, Jesus is God. He is the Messiah. And they're like, no, you're wrong. That's a blasphemy. That's a false teaching right there. And so, and so they get really angry. Because to them, Stephen is messing up with, with Old Testament. He's, he's, he's making Moses look bad to them. He's, 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 again, saying Jesus is God when they don't believe that. So they're getting mad at Stephen. And that's where we are today. Verse 51, it says this. You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You are always resisting the Holy Spirit as your ancestors did. You do also, or you do also. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They even killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one. Those betray, whose betrayers and murderers have now become. You now become. You received the law under the direction of angels, yet have not kept it. He goes on. Well, it goes on. When, when these people heard these things, they were enraged. They gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, full of, of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, he said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices. The, the Jewish leaders yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and, and together rushed against him. They dragged him out of the city and they began stoning him. And, and the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And after saying this, he died. That's, that's martyr Stephen. Killed for preaching the gospel. For preaching the truth. So we get to our first point here. The first thing that we do to make our lives matter for God is stand for the truth. And in today's society, the truth seems to be whatever you want it to be. That's not the case. Society tells us that, that if John's truth is his, then, then, then Toby's truth can be his. And they're both true, even if they conflict with each other. That's not how that works. I, I don't know if you watch Star Wars, but when I think of that, <laughs> The Force Awakens... Han Solo, Finn, and Chewbacca are about to go into the Starkiller base to blow it up, and Han Solo's talking to Finn, he's like, he's like, you know, how are we going to do this? And Finn's like, I don't know, we'll use the Force or something. 
And Han Solo's like, that's not how that works. It's one of my favorite lines of the movie, I'm sorry. That's not how that works. And it's so true here. Like when we talk about truth, one person can't have a truth that's different than another person. That's not, that's not absolute truth. There is only one absolute truth, and that is God. That is God, and His Word is the only absolute truth. So when we say stand for truth, we're talking about standing for God, standing for His Word, His promises to us. Again, Stephen had just finished preaching, and the religious leaders are accusing him of blasphemy, of false teaching. Turn with me to uh, Hebrews 13, 16, if you can. If not, it's on the, it's on the board. Um, screen, whatever. 16, it says, Don't neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifice. Don't neglect to do what is good. And what is good? That's the question. What do we define as good? Yeah, we can get back to uh, society and how culture says, you know, what you say is good is, if you think this is good, that's good. If you think this is good, that's good. That's not true. What is good? God is good. His word is good. Do what is good. Show the love of God. Share the gospel. Do what is good. Help those in need. Do what is good. Show the love of Christ. Don't neglect it. And it, I like the part at the end. God is pleased with such sacrifices. It's a sacrifice to get out of your comfort zone to do it. It's not always comfortable to go up to someone you may or may not know and, and do something loving for them and share the love of Christ with them. You might have friends who who don't know Christ. People at work who don't know Christ. And it might not be comfortable to go into that topic with them because you're afraid you might lose that friend. And we're going we're to talk about that a little bit more later. But it's a sacrifice. God is pleased with these sacrifices to get out of our comfort zone, to stand for truth. So the question is, when was the last time you stood for God? Or do, when we think about standing for God, do we typically get scared, back down, afraid of what people might think, especially if we're the minority? Okay, I'm going to bring up one more nerdy thing, I promise. Last thing. How many of you have seen the Avengers? Right, the first one, the first one. That's one of my favorite ones, right? Well, do y'all remember the scene where Loki, like, just, he's, he's on Earth, he's wrecking havoc, wrecking havoc, uh, and he, he has a staff, He's walking down the street, there's this crowd of people, and he's all like, bow to me. You know, he has this multiple of them. He's like, bow to me, and there's this huge crowd, right? And this one old dude, wiser gentleman, <laughs> wiser gentleman, stands up, and he's like, he's like, I will not bow to someone like you. I will not bow to someone like you. And, and, and Loki's like, all right, I'll make an example out of you. So he takes his staff, he shoots a little blast of energy at the old guy, the wiser guy. And right when it's about to hit the wiser gentleman, Captain America jumps down with his shield and deflects it and saves the guy. 
Do we have that bravery, bravery when we come to God? When it comes to God? Do we stand in the middle of a crowd and say, I'm not going to do that because that's not right. That's not what God wants. Unfortunately, society looks more and more like it's coming to that. Maybe not. I don't. I hope not. But society's crazy. Um, and then that's where we get. That's where we come to the point two. The second thing we need to do to to live a life that that matters to God is find peace with God. Find peace with God. When when Stephen's about to to get stoned. He looks up into the heavens, right? He sees God, sees Jesus. He knows what's about to happen. He knows that since he spoke falsely, it wasn't false, but they, the Jews thought it was false. Since he spoke falsely about Jesus and about Moses and all this other stuff, that, that he knew that he was about to be killed. He looks up into the heaven. He sees God. He, he's basically going, I'm ready for this. I made my peace with this. This is for you, God. It's not about me. It's about you. He finds peace in that. When, when we find peace in God, no matter what the situation, we can stand firm for God, knowing that He is in control of the situation. The world is, we know that the world is just temporary. It's just a minor thing going by. We're here for a little bit, and then we're gone. God is forever. Jesus is forever. And we can find our peace in Him, knowing that when we're standing for God, when we're making our lives matter for God, that, that He is in control. And he, He's got it covered. Yes, we're going to go through hard times. We all do. There is no perfect Christian. There is no easy life for the Christian, as you can tell. But we know that, that God is with us. If, if, if you can, turn to Philippians Four seven. Yeah, it's not. It's up there. And, and, and it says, "And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." See, see, Paul is talking, is, is writing this, uh, writing this to these people to help these women who who put their faith in Christ. He says, "He says, rejoice." He says, rejoice. I lost my place. He says, rejoice in God and, and, and find happiness in God. And, and when we do that, when we rejoice in God, we find happiness in God, we find peace in God. And this peace isn't, is, is bigger than our way of thinking. It's bigger. It surpasses it. We can't comprehend it. But we know that when we are standing in the midst of a difficult situation, when we are standing for truth, there is peace in God. We can take on anything for God. Do you have peace in God? My daughter gets brave sometimes. She uh, talks a little smack to my wife sometimes. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not saying this is good, okay? I'm not saying this. Follow along with me. <laughs> She, gets, she talks to my wife like she has this attitude. I don't know where she gets it from. But, but when mom starts biting back, Adeline, if, I, if I'm closer, she'll glare at me. 
Daddy got my back. She doesn't say that. You know, you know what we're saying. She's like, Daddy got my back. I'm like, hey, I'm not even part of this. Um, but I don't think thinks that, that if she goes up here, that she is safe with me. And, and if she starts crying because Emily gets, she gets in trouble, whatever, she'll come run to me and she's like, help me. That's how it should be with God. I mean, don't talk back to your parents. But but when we are standing for truth, we should be able to be like, look back and say, God, be down the back. We're safe with him. We have peace with him. We're brave with him. Our, my final point of how to make our lives matter. I know we're running late. I'm sorry. I'm glad there's no restaurants in life. There's a couple of restaurants. Uh, uh, I know y'all cook amazing though. Um, last point: love others. To to live a life that matters for God means to love others. As Stephen was dying, he cries out to God to forgive these people. He says, "Don't hold their sin against them." Sound familiar? Sounds familiar to me. Sounds like what Jesus did on the cross. Don't hold the sin against them. Stephen still loves them as Christ would love them. He knows they're, he's about to be killed by these guys, but he, he, he begs God not to hold the sin against them. And by doing this, Stephen still stands for God by showing this love. Last verse, John chapter 13, verse 34, says this. I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You are just as just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Jesus commands this. And how can we follow Christ without not following his commands? To love one another. Christ loves us so much that he died for us. He, he offers salvation to us. And get this, I know it's hard to comprehend sometimes, but, but Christ loves everyone. It doesn't matter who they are. He loves everyone. He died for the murderer. He died for the thief. He died for the adulterer. He died for everyone. And sometimes we don't like that. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We don't like that. We don't like that Christ died for our enemies, for that dude who's making fun of me, for that girl who's spreading those rumors. For, the, for, for our boss who's not very nice. I know you have other words. But, but Christ died for everyone. And he loves everyone. And if we love God, we should love them. Have you ever gotten together with a group of friends? And maybe in that group is some friends you never met before? And, uh, like, you know that, like, one person who's, like, a good friend, and they're like, hey, let's let's go hang out with these guys. And you start becoming friends with these new guys, right? Because they were your other friend's friend first. Right? You follow along? Friend, friend. Um, your friend has other friends you don't know about. You hang out with them, and then you become friends. Because he was your friend. Hey, okay, it makes sense to think about it. All right. When we love God... When we love God, 
It's like when we meet other people, we meet new friends. We should, that's how we should think about it. We meet people who we should love, no matter what they're doing to us. I say this a lot, but, but death has never been as in my face as it has been before I got into ministry. Like, of course, we have family members who die, who pass away, unfortunately. But as, as a youth pastor, before, before I got into ministry, I didn't, I didn't go to too many funerals. As a youth pastor, over the last four or five years, I've gone to so many funerals. And every time I go to a funeral, it makes me think what's important. It makes me think of how life is short. We have one life. We need to make it matter for God. We need to build His kingdom. We can have everything. But without Jesus, it's nothing. I'm going to close. Um, if, if, you, if you've never ever accepted Christ, let me just tell you, he, he loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And life is short. This is a very, the most important question and decision you'll ever make in your life. I'm going to be down here. I'll ask Troy to come down too, and that way, if anyone else wants to go to him. Um, but, but make that decision if you haven't today. If you just want to pray, come talk to me or Troy. We'd love to pray for you.